Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Okay, so today is uh, February 2nd, 2017. It is uh, just turned 8 o'clock. We had a good clearing session. It's me and Monica. We are in session four of six sessions of Happily Ever After, the program that has people learn how to make relationships as simple as driving and how to get into the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams so that all you're doing is your favorite things with your favorite person in your favorite places until death do you heart. That's what we're doing right here now. So, um, <laughs> Awesome. So, yeah, we have went through um, um, the program, uh, halfway through the program, the program fundamentally is about uh, the five biggest things that get in the way of relationships so you can identify them. And then um, once you finish with those five things, once you understand how to manage and, and resolve those five things, then um, the, the only thing left to do is like how to, how to make the relationship great. Right? So uh, we're in session four, five. Uh, the first uh, biggest problem in order of uh, size, importance, impact, is not knowing who you are. The second biggest problem is not understanding gender differences. The third biggest problem, huge problem, is not managing emotions. Uh, the fourth biggest problem is structural and other breakdowns. This is huge in his own self. When you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, damn. And then the <laughs> fifth biggest problem is miscommunication. And many people mm-hmm. think, but could miscommunication, shouldn't that be the first one? No, it's the fifth because this other stuff is what contributes to the miscommunication. It ain't it mm-hmm. on its own, right? So, uh, so we're going to go right into it today is a structural and other breakdowns. That's what we deal with. So I'm going to read. Before we start reading, let me hear, because it's been a little bit of time since it's been between uh, this session and the last one. Um, mm-hmm. What are you present to about what you've gotten so far? It could be the, the, the first, second, or third session, any of it. Uh, I think that the biggest, the biggest thing that I got, um, and, and I shared it with the clear, uh, during the clearing with you, is that how much it really does matter to me that the person who I'm going to be with is affectionate. I have mm. not been around affectionate people whatsoever. My ex-fiancé was not affectionate. My ex-boyfriend wasn't affectionate. I don't really remember my ex-husband being very affectionate. So, um, so that's that. I really, really, really don't remember the people around me being affectionate. And it really matters to me. So, mm. um, yeah. So I really got that this is something that I have to be um, looking at right away when I meet someone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Anything else? No, that's that's the and you know the love languages obviously my love languages mm. and I'm kind of more aware of looking at other people's love languages and seeing you know okay this is what's important to this person and this is what's important to that person it kind of it's easier to see 
versus yeah. before I, ha- I had no clue. Now it, it's, it's much easier to see, you know, what people value, uh, who values what, you know, okay. even, even people who I'm not interested in really dating, but you can see in, in how they operate what is important to them. Good. Okay, great. All right, so uh, we're going to go straight into structural and other breakdowns. So what I mean by structural breakdowns is breakdowns Uh that make life uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. if not completely unworkable. Often it's both, both uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and unworkable. You know, Mm -hmm. so like a a lost job, a flat tire on a highway, broken pipes in the bathroom, et cetera. Other Mm -hmm. types of breakdowns include not getting what you want, not getting the sex, attention, free time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The, reason, the reason structural and other breakdowns can and usually do get in the way of relationships is that uh-huh. they, draw, they draw attention to negativity mm-hmm. or almost always a surprise, if not shock, to the mm-hmm. individuals in the relationship, and it takes away from other areas of the relationship, such as money, time, or commitments. Lack of structures creates the space for a lack of workability. Lack of mm-hmm. workability creates a lack of trust, freedom, safety, security, and success. What's worse, the impact occurs unconsciously, automatically, and often immediately. Lack of physical communication, agreement, structural and other forms of breakdowns or disagreements undercut the emotional environment of relationships in ways that only creating or restoring workability can fix it. The Mm -hmm. only three, so, so let me, yeah. So the only, let me see. Breakdowns would only be breakdowns if life, if humanity actually got life is empty and meaningless and is empty and meaningless, that is empty and meaningless. But Mm -hmm. that's not how we relate to breakdowns. Breakdowns have plenty of meaning. Plenty. (laughs) Plenty. And the fact that it affects the emotional environment, the baby part of the relationship, it's like the sales has went down in your business. Also, you're not getting as many sales and you get emotional about it as opposed to go to work unemotionally to turn the sales around. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Anyhow, um, the only three things that can keep structural breakdowns from negatively impacting relationships is the following, three things, making agreements, planning, and commitment. So I'm going to describe Mm -hmm. those three. Mm -hmm. So making agreements on who does what and when, who's in charge of what and when, is critical to maintaining workability and reducing or completely eliminating structural and other breakdowns because this is where trust, credibility, and partnership gets created and developed. After making an agreement, maintaining that agreement is paramount to the relationship, even if breakdowns do occur because though we can't foresee the future, we know our partner cares about us, cares about their word, and can't be trusted to do what they say they're going to do. If a person is committed to making and keeping agreements, then they're creating a relation with themselves and you that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. 
Mm. That's their that's their reputation with you. That's their brand with yes. you, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, so uh, let me just keep reading here. Um, by the way, anything you want to say or about everything I said so far? I mean, I, we're just getting started, but I'm just checking in. You know? No, I got it all. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Great. All right. So the biggest agreement a couple can make, the biggest agreement, is uh, a philosophical agreement around how to approach structural issues and handle how to handle the business side of their relationship. Mm -hmm. This means you have to understand how each person in the relationship approaches things, their talents and skill sets, their vision and context for doing things, and so much more. You have to understand your partner. Your partner has to understand you. You're clear from tangible experience that your partner understands you, and your partner has tangible experience that you understand them. This allows you to blend your various viewpoints, strategies, creativity, et cetera, in ways that create solutions to problems as they occur. You actually have to know how to make agreements, right? But you have to be able to understand your, your, your partner, and so you know, that goes back to the first two sessions, which is understanding, knowing who you are, mm-hmm. you know, and identifying what your highest aspiration for your relationship is and identifying that your partner has the same one and then understanding how to work with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, you have you have to understand all those things in order to understand your partner. And your partner right. may not know it the way you know it, right now, the way you're learning it right now. But when a person really knows themselves, they could be in that conversation and they will naturally be able to survive evolution. You know, like we're not the same person at 30 as we are at 60. Mm-hmm. You know, we grow. Life keeps changing us, growing us, evolving us. And if you're in a relationship with somebody, they're going to grow and change and so are you. But are you going to be with each other as you're growing and changing? Or mm-hmm. is there going to be some place where you get stopped because you don't want to grow anymore. You want to stay the same, which is a problem for a lot of people. Yeah. So um, having creating a philosophical agreement, I'm going to talk to you about how to make that happen. But in the meantime, that's the first agreement you got to be able to make. Not, not the first. It's the foundational agreement. Mm-hmm. So making agreements. The second one is planning. Planning keeps shock and surprise from creating emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. Let me say that again. Planning keeps shock and surprise from creating emotional turmoil. We can't prevent breakdowns from happening, but we can be mentally and emotionally prepared for the unexpected or undesired. Mm -hmm. You have to to at least see what there is to plan for, even if you don't have a complete business plan for everything that can go wrong. For instance, mm-hmm. you may want to agree on who's in charge of what and when. You may want to get insurance for the things you have no control over. You may want to mm-hmm. have a list of emergency numbers to contact mm-hmm. people when needed. Think mm-hmm. ahead because, like in business, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. The longer the longer you're together, the longer your planning structure is likely to grow. That is a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the third thing is commitment. Right. Commitment supports and ensures that the first two items will be taken care of regardless of circumstances, 
within the realm of what's possible for human beings. People who are committed can move mountains. People who can move mountains can be trusted to make things up in the face of breakdowns that weren't even thought of before the breakdowns. They operate as someone in charge of their own destiny, the opposite of a victim of circumstance. In addition, commitment communicates love to those on the receiving end of that commitment. So the things that need structural support, money, health and fitness, which you got that tied down perfectly, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) sex, timing, Mm -hmm. synchronicity, housekeeping, food, sleep, social circles, education, entertainment, activities, dating and romance, physical Mm -hmm. items such as your house, car, clothes, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I invite you to uh, add to this list as it comes up for both you now, for you both now and in the future. Now, Here's the here's <laughs> yeah here here's the big deal. The biggest impact of structural breakdowns is that it impacts both men and women where it hurts them the most. Uh huh. Men men feel unsuccessful, and women feel un, insecure and unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, um, structural and other breakdowns goes right to the heart of what matters most to each of us in the most negative ways. This makes it an emotional drain on the relationship. In addition, structural workability doesn't add to the quality of relationships, but structural unworkability takes away from the quality of relationships. Everyone expects to work, everything expects things to work, so we don't get extra points for things going as planned. Very few of us thank God every day for oxygen, but it would be immediate and possibly permanent breakdown if there was no oxygen. Structural breakdowns have the same impact on our relationships. Structural workability is to relationships what operations is to a business. Without it, how can you expect it to run, really? So what do you hear in, in all of that? That you have to plan for everything. Well, everything you can think of, for sure. Right. Everything well, came to my mind is like, oh, my gosh, all that stuff was missing. Yep. You know, all that stuff was missing. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's see how it goes, and hopefully we'll go fine. And it didn't. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, part of it is that you, you want to at least make an agreement that you're always going to work together. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? You want to make you want to make relationship agreements that support the structure of the relationship before you even know what structures need to get understood and 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 called out and handled. You know what I mean? Yep, that absolutely makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, and so um, you know, I just gave you the the you know the the layout of the pain of not having relationships working structurally, the business side of the, of the relationship. So here's another problem. Mm-hmm. Here is another problem. Here's why structural and other breakdowns is so big a fucking problem. I, 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 I got a curse. Like, it's such a fucking big fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, go first. Okay. Here's why. When you have a structural breakdown, 
Now you have a breakdown, but it affects you emotionally because we naturally and we naturally and normally get have an emotional response when something happens. We automatically mm-hmm. have an emotional response of some sort to something that happened. Usually, that uh, that emotional response is is negative in some way. So now it's affecting the emotional side of the relationship, right? Then you start talking to your partner, but you cannot help but talk from being a female, which means you cannot help but talk from safety and security concerns. And that makes because sense. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so while you're over there having a conversation about safety and security concerns, he's over there having a conversation called, why are you telling me I'm a, I'm a failure? Because he's listening to it from being successful. And he's already feeling bad that he's not successful. Otherwise, a breakdown wouldn't have even occurred. He's supposed to handle that. So you're having two different conversations because you're speaking from different gender perspectives. So what happens when you have a, a, a structural breakdown is you have the breakdown, you have emotional issues, you have gender differences is going to cloud your communication. So what ends up happening is when you have a structural breakdown, if you don't understand how to keep it impersonal, it's going to impact four of the five biggest problems in relationships. And if you don't know who you are, you might not even recover from a flat tire. That's powerful, Tony. Makes sense, right? Absolutely, 100%. So the reason why these these things are so important to understand each one of these areas is because there will be times when you have two or three problems at the same time. When you have a structural breakdown, chances are you might have as many as four. You might have all five. If you don't know who you are, you'll have you will definitely have all five at the same time. That's why people say relationships are so complicated. Let me say that again. The issue with structural and other types of breakdowns is the reason why people say relationships are so complicated. Because a breakdown by itself is just a breakdown. But if you get emotional about it, if you give it meaning that's not really there, then you you involve these other departments. And and dealing with these other areas, with those five areas, we talk about number four right now, dealing with those five, five areas, they're not static. They move back and forth. So you need to be able to see, okay, what areas are, are being impacted right this minute? So we got to break down. I'm having emotions about it. So is he is affecting our communication because I'm not seeing him the way I you know normally would because now I'm being a girl and mm-hmm. being a guy and we're not talking the same yep. language. Mm-hmm. Right? So you need to be able to determine when there's a problem in your relationship, what the problem is or how many problems are there. Make sense? Does that communicate? Sorry, I muted you by I muted you by accident. I'm talking and I, you can't I hear me. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Muted, yeah, yeah, yeah. I muted you by accident. Yeah, but you get it, right? Oh, you did it again. Either you did it again, or you just dropped off. Oh, she dropped off. Oh gosh, yeah, she's back. 
<laughs> Try not to mute me. <sighs> oh yeah, by the way, I think uh one it was either session one or two. Um I was telling a joke. Uh let me know when you get a second year to punchline. <laughs> there you go. She's coming back. <sighs> I'm back. Yeah, I, I thank back. you. I, I, I saw that oh you dropped God. off. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm trying to make myself louder. I drop off. Oh, what a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm back. So, okay, I, I wanted to say something, and I, I, don't, I don't know what it was. Go ahead. Oh, well, it was probably that I was saying that part of the challenge with dealing with a relationship mm-hmm. is knowing what parts of the, what, what, what problems are actually there. Mm. Yeah. It's like, in what areas are these problems at? Is it just emotions, or is it emotions and the breakdown? Or is it Mm -hmm. gender differences that's affecting this, or is it communication issues that's affecting this? Like what? You know, and then you you have to look at the problem and then separate the problems out so you can deal with all of the problems so you can get back to nothing. Right, and my my question here was, like, how do we even go about this? There's so many options for the problems. Well, really, yeah, there's so many uh-huh. different types of breakdowns, but you actually have to uh-huh. have what I, the, the, the fundamental thing you need to have is what I call a philosophical agreement. Uh-huh. Understand, like looking at, come to an agreement on how to approach life, how to approach the relationships. Uh-huh. I'm going to show you how to do that in a minute. Uh-huh. But like, this is the, the thing, because see, you can't really... Nobody knows how to how to uh, overcome a tsunami. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how to overcome a hurricane or or, or tornado or, or earthquake. Nobody yeah. knows how to handle those things, right? Right, but right, right. If you know, but if you know how you're gonna handle it, you know you have an mm-hmm. idea of how you want to handle it. Like, mm-hmm. or you know who, you, or you know who you are, and you know who he is, and he knows who you are, and you know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you could you know how to work together, right? And if there was a sort of agreement, right, you're right. right. There's some sort of agreement on how to deal with it in case it happens. But, you know, right. how would you even approach it? Okay, so let's say, you know, uh, breakdown about money and, you know, so what are you planning in advance? And you'll say, okay, listen, we have a breakdown about money. This is what we're going to do. Like, it kind of seems like really silly. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the way to go to make relationships successful. But I, I can't imagine, you know, sitting there and creating a possibility for every work scenario and, and getting ready for it like tsunami you know yes how would that okay look like? great i'm about to tell you excellent you are right on schedule <laughs> awesome. all righty so um part one of dealing with structural and other breakdowns mm-hmm. is to describe and give you the whole world of it and to let you know what are the tools you're going to need to use structurally speaking fundamentally speaking you want to be making agreements, planning, and communicating commitment. But the deal mm-hmm. is, you got to be you, the the most important part is the agreements part. Because mm-hmm. until you actually make agreements, you won't really know what to plan for, or how to make plans. See, you you'll know how to you'll buy insurance, you'll buy life insurance, you'll buy car insurance, you'll buy home insurance, uh-huh. right? You will uh-huh. you will get those things, right? You'll you know you you'll have your business or your job or whatever, so you'll be able to handle that, right? But it's it's who are you going to be in the face of problems is the, is the agreement you need to make. 
That that makes total sense. Right. So until you understand who you're going to be and who they're going to be, and they understand who you're going to be, and you understand who they're going to be when you're dealing with breakdowns, until that happens, mm-hmm. it's just it's just gambling. Mm. You'll have an emotional upset. He'll have an emotional upset based on your emotional upset. Then you try to communicate, but you're trying to get him to solve your emotional upset while he's trying to get you to solve his emotional upset, and you got two different yeah. upsets. Right, mm. so you're like my upset is more important than your upset, and then mm. you know you go there or wherever you go. You know what I mean? Mm. That's exactly what it was in my last relationship. I was like, you cheated on me. Well, you're not loving, and you're not supporting me. And he was like, right. yeah, but you cheated on me. How can I support you? But you're not loving to me. So I, that's why I'm cheating on you. And it's like back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you got to come to an agreement. So I'm gonna show you how to make agreements. But the, fu- the fundamental of those three things, which is making agreements planning and commitment the mm-hmm. fundamental thing is to make agreements you got to start with that mm-hmm. you got to know how to make agreements so um here we go in order to do to uh, so what you have to do is more than make an agreement mm-hmm. you actually have to consciously create your relationship it's more than just making agreements. You make an agreement to, to, to create the relationship. You co-create the relationship consciously, intentionally. Most of us, we say, oh, let's just see what happens. Oh, yeah, it'll be great. Happily ever That's after. exactly what happens, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. But, but you know, it's not just you. It's damn near the whole planet. So, and then, you know, some folks get lucky because they found the right person. But most of the time, eh. So right. in order yeah, in order to It seems yeah, to me, yeah. Tony, that what I've been doing in the past is all like freestyle. Yes. Yeah. It's it, it, you can freestyle better when you actually know what you're doing. You know, when you know this when you know the music scale and mm-hmm. you know how to you know basically create songs, you know, write songs and, and, and sing the songs that you already know, then you can start learning how to put new songs together, right? But until you understand mm-hmm. the fundamentals, you know, you just driving your car off the cliff hoping you that you know, being I would be positive is going to save you. No, it ain't going to save you. No. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's funny. I remember an episode of the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you used to watch it. Uh, it uh, you used yep, to watch yep, it when you yep. were young. Yeah. Yep. In Poland, we There's, had the same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I remember, you know, watching the Cosby Show. Their highest aspiration for being in a relationship was being great parents and family members. They loved taking care of their kids. That was their whole life was the kids, you know, and family. The kids first, each other. Well, each other taking care of the kids. That was their life, right? But um, there was one episode where they went back in time and they were looking Mm -hmm. at how they got together. Mm -hmm. And they were looking at that they saw that they had the same kind of vision for their life. Mm -hmm. You know, Cliff went to the military, you know, she saw, you know, something that clicked for her about their life purpose together, even though she didn't Mm -hmm. use the term and, you know, they created the relationship. And from that point forward, everything they did was inside of consciously creating their relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so even things would happen, they wasn't expecting, you know, you don't know how to deal with a teenager till you actually, until the teenager teaches you how to be with them. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah. you know, like, but you need to know who you are, what your relationship stands for, what's the fundamentals of who you both are together, individually, and all of that. 
mm-hmm. understanding the three parts of the relationship and all of that. So, um, uh, so I'm going to show you how to consciously create your relationship. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. In order to consciously create your relationship effectively, one would need to be on top of a number of things. Number one, you have to understand and recognize the impact your ways of being, speaking, and acting have on your relationship and on your partner. Mm-hmm. This, mean, this means you'll have to be fully responsible for how things are going and be emotionally strong enough to look yourself in the mirror and tell the truth about who you've been being. The best way to accomplish this is to be objective, open-minded, and curious. Mm-hmm. The, last thing, the last thing you want to be is closed-minded, skeptical, or judgmental because mm-hmm. those, blind, those mindsets will blind you to reality, making people think that the reality they think is happening is the real reality, or they mm-hmm. twist their thinking to feel comfortable with some reality they made up. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, I know I can say that all that to you pretty quickly because, you know, you, you know, senior graduate. But anyhow, number mm-hmm. two. You need to be able to predict the reactions of your partner as well as yourself for the most part. For example, if you notice that a body massage makes your partner happy, depending on how happy it makes them, use it to the fullest benefit of the relationship. In other words, when you can see that the happiness that comes from it will contribute most to the relationship, such as when they can't get out of a bad mood, you know, or helping them make up after an upset or as foreplay before the real play, you know. Mm-hmm. Spontaneous acts of generosity, affection, or service work really well. Um, so now what happens is something happens and then we have a thought about what happens. Mm-hmm. And then we usually have a feeling about the thought that we had about what just happened. And then we'll do something based on how we feel. Mm-hmm. And I know I talked to you before about, you know, the, uh, the glass that fell in the three different spaces, right? Yes. Right, the glass at work, the glass, you know, in the kitchen and the glass when you're in the bed and nobody's home, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you actually have to be able to basically predict yourself and your partner how they're going to, how you act when things happen and how he acts when things happen but you got to keep your eyes open on the both of you so you're conscious of who you're being when you have a deal with breakdown, particularly breakdown. Because no matter what happens, you're going to have a re- reaction or a response to what happens. But the question is, do you know what, the, what response or reaction you're going to have and what to do about it? Mm-hmm. If you're not conscious, you'll be at the effect of your own reactions, and so will he. Or you'll be at the effect of his reactions, or he'll be at the effect of yours. Is is this what you say, like knowing yourself, part of yes. knowing yourself? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. By by keeping an eye out on him, and him keeping an eye out on you, at a certain point, nothing you do is going to be shocking or, or or really all that upsetting to him. You see this in couples that's been married thirty, forty years and got grandchildren, right? Yeah, you know, the husband and the wife. Right. So she does something, and he's like. Yeah, wait till she's finished. <laughs> then she's finished, and then they're back together again, right? And vice versa, right? It's never a problem, and they solve it in the blink of an eye. 
Yeah, because they understand each other's reactions. They know how they're going to react. They're okay with it. They, they know what to do about the reaction. They respect each other because of it. They're conscious about their relationship, even when they get unconscious momentarily. Absolutely, yep. They've done this work. There's nobody told them. They just stayed in the, stayed in a relationship long enough to get it because they were committed enough to make it happen. And, you know, they had a lot of the same, you know, I'm sure they had the same reason for wanting to be in a relationship. You know, um, yeah, they probably have the same love languages. So, you know, that worked, you know, for them. Totally. It, it, totally, okay. it totally worked for them. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So let them teach you, by the way, about relationships now that we're having this conversation. Because if I teach this, if I was to present this program to uh, 50 couples that's been married for 30 years or longer, they'll be like, uh-huh. but the- oh, we do mm-hmm. all of this. <laughs> they'll be like, oh, yeah, I just never had the words for this, but that's what they do. So it's, it's so obvious for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, but it took them. They had to grow into it because nobody taught them. But they grew into it. Like they let life teach them how to be great at relationships rather than resist it. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. And it starts with knowing who you are. Mm, Anyhow, that's, so mm-hmm. yeah. So the first thing is. You got to recognize your impact on your partner and your partner's impact on you. Second is you got to re- you got to really be able to predict your your reactions, your partner's reactions, and how your partner's going to deal with your reactions and how you're going to deal with your partner's reaction. You need to get that flat. Mm-hmm. Third, third, pay consciously pay close attention to your two main love languages and the two main love languages of your partner. Got it. That will tell you. That will tell you tons of how to take care of and predict how they'll react to things in the relationship. The la- number four, the last critical element you need to keep present and be responsible for is the fact that you love your partner. You cannot mm-hmm. forget that you love your partner. It's what you've always wanted and will always want. Keep that present. Your parents mm-hmm. don't forget that they love each other. Mm. That's what makes them say, oh, she's just losing her mind for it. She'll be back in about 15 minutes. <laughs> and in about 15, 16, 14 minutes, she comes back, she's back, back to normal. Because he's seen her do it so much. Hey, I got it. I love her. That's right. Do your thing because you let me do my thing. What the hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they remember that they love each other is what gives them permission to give their partner the space to be loony until they stop being loony. Yeah, that that makes total sense. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Great. So, it's so important to be conscious in your relationship. You need to be conscious of you and how you do things, your partner, and the space in between called the relationship. This is that area where people finally realize how much they actually don't know how they are because they begin to realize there's so much they don't know, never thought about, questions or missed. Which is why I created the relationship charter. Uh huh. So, most business entities, in order to stay on target and stay successful, they create a business plan. Inside the plan is their mission statement, vision, purpose, and principles. This keeps them present to why they exist and how they plan to continue to exist. Mm-hmm. Relationships can benefit from this same structure, which is why I am introducing the relationship charter to you right now. 
a relationship charter is really a combination of two personal life charters. Each partner fills out their own personal life charter. Then they get together and merge the best parts of their personal life charters into their relationship charter. So a couple would do this separately and then come together and complete the charter. So I'm going to basically, this is uh-huh. your homework assignment. This is like, okay. other than, other than the, the, the uh, session one where you look at your must-have list and your principles and all that stuff, this is the next most important tri- assignment you should you got to do. You, you like, you don't have to do this, but you're taking a chance on making your next relationship harder. Absolutely, yeah. But not doing this, and this is not easy because it takes real mental energy to do it, and it ain't comfortable. But when you get it, it's amazing. So um, I'm going to send it to you, but I'm going to tell you what it is right now. So, um, in fact, let me uh, pull up the relationship, I mean, a personal life charter first. Let me do that first. Um, Okay, good. Hold on a second. So, um, personal life charter. There is one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's eleven p- sections to your personal life charter. You want to do this even if you're not in a relationship. You want to make this happen, and then when you get in a relationship and you clear that this person is, is you know, potentially the one, not guaranteed, but a strong possibility, then you want you know you look at creating your relationship charter. But anyhow, I'm going to read you with the sections and then we'll talk about it a little bit. You ready? Ready, ready. Okay. All right, good. So um, in order, you're going to write down who you are. In other words, who I am. That's the first piece, who I am. So, you know, in Landmark, they say, who are you as a possibility? That's really what this is saying, except you're not being – you're using the terms, that the the type of words you would use in creating a possibility, but this is not a possibility. No, this is who you are. You're choosing a principle – well, let me let me let me back it up a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm around Landmark, and there's a lot of stuff you can get, and Landmark's not perfect. And some of the terminology that they have, and some of the viewpoints they have, you know, could be upgraded. But most of the stuff is so excellent. I, you know, I'm, I, it's hard to, to you know, transform that. But their idea of possibility is um, not as powerful as it could be. And so let me tell you what I mean by that. So... Um, Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, one of the boards is transformation and genesis of a new realm of possibility, right? And and I also want to put something in. I think I said this earlier, but I, just, I'm, I was talking so much about Landmark, I, need, I feel like I need to say this again, okay? The only reason I'm bringing up Landmark the way I am is because that's a common language for us. But I'm not trying to be a land Martian in this. I'm mm-hmm. only using it because I know that no, this no is worries. something that makes it easy. Okay, just want to make sure that, that we, we're putting that in there, right? Because no, if no, you did I'm not know, fine. if you didn't understand anything about landmark, you never did it. I still do this program. I just wouldn't use their language, you know. So, anyway, going back to this. So, the the left board transformation 
and then there's the and then there's the other board called the way the Lamar Farm works. So um, the transformation board says transformation, the genesis of a new realm of possibility for uh, new realm of possibility. They say um, inside the landmark form, but uh, uh, inside the landmark form, you will experience um, the genesis of a new realm of possibility for yourself in your life. Inside this new inside this realm of possibility, the constraints the past imposes on your view of life disappear. A new view of life emerges. Possibilities for being call you powerfully into being. New openings for action call you powerfully into action. The experience of being alive transforms. You remember that, right? You remember that board? Oh, you're on mute. Sorry, Tony. I was making my food, so I didn't want to make the background noises. But uh, yes, I remember that very well. Okay, good. Yep. yep, yep. Okay, good. So, um, so uh, what happens? So, when we create new possibilities. Mm-hmm. they're not really possibilities. What we're doing is we're declaring a principle, a life principle. And we're not really, we may be thinking that we're asking to be taken over by this new realm of possibility, to have this possibility do it to us. Like we're submissive and we can't really choose our own possibility. Like, like, like our life like we have complete capacity to uh, align with a particular principle, and then by aligning it out to a particular principle, we'll have particular results happen, but not from a victim perspective, because human beings mm-hmm. are who we be. First and foremost, we are being. So they talk about the process of be, do, have, right? But beingness is surrendering and being in harmony with a particular life principle that we connect to based on how we feel. So we don't, like, the possibility of being loving is not something that was going to do us, but because, you know, we decided we're going to be loving and then we're going to see what miracles, we'll see what love is going to do to us. No, love is a principle that is a realm or you can call it a realm of possibility but it's a life principle that is beyond humanity it's a life principle that exists in the universe as an aspect of the universe generosity safety um success like all of these principles all these possibilities we say a landmark is It's like we are born to live those principles. That's a lot of the reason why humans exist, is that the creator created these principles, and then humans get a chance, you know, through the way we were designed, created, to live those principles tangibly. And so, but there's, for each one of us, there's a couple of one, two, three, four, however many principles that are we are especially born to be attuned to. So, mm-hmm. like, there's there's a couple of principles, one, two, or three, not many, that 
most speak to who you are, that you feel most at home with, most comfortable with, most highly expresses who you really are. And so when you're looking at who I am, you know, you're looking at, at all of the different possibilities I've created or lived inside of, what was the one that felt most naturally me? So using myself mm-hmm. as an example, mm-hmm. um, I know that who I am in the world of principles, who I am is love and enlightenment. Like I'm more than just somebody who mm-hmm. educates. I enlighten people. I transform their mindset. Mm-hmm. Is how I do it. And but mm-hmm. that's that's who's that's myself at my most natural, most basic, most authentic. So who I am. If I'm asking to answer that question, who I am, who I am is love and enlightenment. Those are the principles that live me. That's that's like the radio station I'm most in tune with. So, you know, you got W, you got uh, 97.1, you know, you got uh, 107.5, you got 92.3. Mm-hmm. Those are different radio stations. Mm-hmm. And, 90, and 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 ninety two point three cannot pick up signals from ninety eight point seven. Mm-hmm. It can only pick up signals from ninety two point three, right? And so, the question is, who are you? What radio station are you? Are you the radio station of love? Are you the radio station of abundance of leadership? Like you get a chance to see that for yourself because that's who you. That's you. You're either being that or you're resisting being that. But it ain't going nowhere. It ain't going away. You also surrender to who you are. Mhm. Does this does this resonate? Does this make sense? It does, but it does. What doesn't? What I don't really get. How do I get that? How do I? And is it the only one frequency that you pick, or you know? Well, it's not the one that you pick. It's the one that's been picking you your whole life. Mm. <laughs> It's the one I'm taking you. So if you think about the different possibilities you've created around Landmark, that'll mm-hmm. get you started. You know, like the ones that um, that have lasted the most are the ones that you remember the best or, you know, like you'll think about it. But, you know, use the list of principles that you got in session one. Remember, you're supposed to actually, you know, look at them and identify which ones are the ones that's most like for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to likely be one of those words on that list, or something that's similar to one of those words on that list. Empowerment, leadership, and love. Oh, then that's who you are. Then mm-hmm. simple. Okay, that was it. Okay, that was got, it. Nah. got it. Not. <laughs> All right. Next, um, your mission. Your mission is what is it that you want to accomplish? You know, so mm-hmm. you know your biggest mission in life. And then third is your purpose, like why you want to accomplish that mission. Um, You know, for me, um, it is to leave people better than I found them, connect people to their life purpose and help them fulfill it, and to create lasting world peace. Those are my missions. Got it. And why I want to accomplish them is because that is who I am, and I want to make a difference so large I want to transform humanity, leave humanity better than I found it. So that's my mission and my purpose. Um, well, yeah. And then um, also to, um, no, actually my, my purpose is to leave people, leave humanity better than I found it. Mm-hmm. And all, um, 
um, and to make a difference so large, so big, that they remember me for a thousand years. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's my purpose. So uh, that's why I want to accomplish my mission. Mm. Yeah, I'll give you, you know, a sense of what I mean by that. Like, what had me go there? Um, the Friday before the, no, the Sunday before the first classroom of the June, of the May, August quarter in 2007, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was reading, I was reading a newspaper, reading a Sunday paper about Jackie Robinson. Do you know who he is? What was? No. Jackie Robinson was the first African-American baseball player in the major leagues. He broke the color barrier for baseball in, in professional mm. sports. And, um, and he had a great career, and they put him in a Hall of Fame, and he had to deal with shit worse than – his life was more like the life of Martin Luther King than it was the life of Barack Obama, but it was just – it was harsh. They was calling Got him it. a nigger, and while he was over there swinging a bat, they was calling him a nigger, like, no problem, you know? And, um, but in June of 2007, they decided to retire his baseball number, to retire his number from the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that's the first time in any sport ever anybody retired a number from the sport. There are people who retired. There are lots of players that would, they had their number retired from their team, but never from the sport to this day. And baseball is not just the major leagues, but they've got some minor leagues where, you know, up-and-coming players can get promoted to, before they get to the big game, big time. Mm-hmm. So the, the major leagues in baseball in America has um, A-ball, double-A, and triple-A baseball leagues. Depending on how good you are, you could get promoted mm-hmm. to the major league. So there's mm-hmm. four leagues. His number got retired from four leagues, not one. All of professional baseball in the in America. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading about this, and I'm I started to cry because I'm like, I mean, he was good, but he wasn't that good. There were some players that was actually better as players than him. But I know he made such a difference that they honored him like, like they honored Martin Luther King to give him a birthday holiday. And mm-hmm. I read that, and I was like, I started crying. I was like, I want to make that kind of a difference myself. Mm. I wanted to make a difference that they wanted. That, it's not for the ego. It's for the difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So on Friday, in the classroom, it was the first classroom, we was having a conversation about the game in the world. Mm-hmm. And the classroom leader at the time, his name was Mickey, and he asked this question. The question he asked, and he doesn't remember the question. He doesn't remember asking this. But the question he asked was, what is um, the sacred oath you made with yourself before you was born, and what are you doing about it? Mm-hmm. When he asked that, I started to cry because I knew exactly what it was. And what made me cry was I wasn't doing anything about it. Mm. And what I got, what I learned in that moment, that's when I got my life purpose. My life is about having love present on the planet. That's the first mm-hmm. way I saw it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I haven't been able to stop ever since. And mm-hmm. about two months, two months later, and then I realized that I really, you know, what I really want to do with this, I want to make a difference so big. 
that they can't remember that they that they remember me for a thousand years. Not because I want to be remembered, but because of the size of the difference. You know what I mean? Mm. And so that's like, you know, my purpose in life. <laughs> Got it. You know, um, and so I'm saying this to you because you want to get to the biggest of who you are. You don't want to play mm-hmm. small. You want to get to mm-hmm. the biggest of the biggest part of you. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So there's who I am. There's your uh, purpose and your your mission and your purpose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna, you know, now now that I've said those things, those are like the the, the bigger parts. Uh, I'm gonna not that anything else is smaller, but that's the mm-hmm. foundation that'll guide you to the rest of it. So then. Once you do who you are, your mission and purpose, the next is your standards of integrity, which really is the principles you live your life by. So, you know, you've got your list of principles. And mm-hmm. I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got who I am is love and enlightenment, but I also have about eight principles that I live my life by. And, uh, you know, off the top of my head, they are wisdom, responsibility, mm-hmm. clarity, workability, um, Accuracy, um, uh, love, generosity, curiosity. Those are some of the principles that I live my life by. And when I say that what I you, mean by, the, by living my life by, I use them as my uh, compass. I use them as my quality control measures, standards for whatever I'm doing. If, if I'm doing something and any of those things that would apply to what I'm doing is missing, I now have to put it in. It's like an integrity issue. It's my standard, those things. Those are principles Got I live it. my life by. Got it. So you want to look for what those are. And then um, once you do that, and, you know, you get this as, you get this as a document. Once you do that, you'll be create. then the next thing you can do, you're going to create a list of the many expressions of who I am. So these are the various hats you wear in the course of living your life. So, uh-huh. you know, you're a sister, you're a, you know, a daughter, you know, you're a coach, uh-huh. you know, you're a teammate, right? All of that. So you want to track all the different things, all the different positions you play in life because you want to be clear about them, you know, like you just want to be conscious of it. You know what I mean? Got it. Yep, that makes sense. Right. Then the next is what I call your self-realization tools. These are your best qualities and in, 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 uh, actions and tools. So um, what you win with, what you have, get juice from, and, you know, emotionally excitement from, um, like that. So, you know, it could be that you're an inquirer, you're a coach, you're a student, you're, you know, like you, you use questions, you use sexiness, whatever it is that you use that help you to become greater and, and, and better and smarter and more fulfilled. You want to start looking at those, you know. So for myself, I'm a writer, mm-hmm. I'm a brother, I'm a dad, I'm a um, an uncle. I am. Oh no, that's my those. I'm sorry, that's the expressions of who I am. Um, I'm a writer. Uh, I write. I coach. Um, I, uh, I question. Um, I uh, create programs. I'm a program creator, content creator. Um, uh, what else? Um, uh, public speaker, um, what else? Um, um, you know, I, I, I could use, to some degree, I have some some mental telepathy with some folks. I can almost read people's minds sometimes. You know, I have that. 
you know, I have a, a connection to spirituality, so I'm, I use that. Like looking at all the tools that, that or, or experiences that I have that makes my life better. That's what you want to look for, and have that in yeah. your list. Okay. Got it. Next, next is your life focus. Now, this one is really interesting. Um, <clears throat> you get a chance to choose the filter that you look at life through. So um, I'll, I'll read you what it says, cause, and you'll read it later, but uh, mm-hmm. life focus. The highest mm-hmm. context you are consciously choosing to see life through, your intended chosen life filter, or your listening of life, others, and yourself. So, um, like, you can have your default way of looking at life, your default filter, you know, in the landmark form introduction, they talk about wearing sunglasses. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. you put on some red sunglasses. At first, you know it's red sunglasses, but after a while, you know, it looks normal again, you know. Um, and so we're born with, our, with a normalized um, life filter that we look at at life through, you know, whether it's our act or unanswerable question, our point of view, whatever, you know what I mean, whatever. And so you get a chance to consciously create your own life filter. So I'll tell you mine. My life filter, what I choose to look at life through, and I, I most of the time naturally do, is I look at life from these five things I'm about to say. Uh-huh. Taking the high road, taking the high road to life, fully aware, um, expanding comfort zones, being transparent, holding the space of love. That's how I'm looking at life. Got it. All the time. And, you know, when I when I say this to people and they know me for a while, they're like, yeah, you, that's actually what you do. You know, Spirit actually gave me that. I didn't even know what the hell that was. But, um, you know, I was remembering in the meditative moment, Spirit gave me that. Like, I wrote it. I was like, I, I never would have said these words. Where did these words come from, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, that's been my experience of myself is that I, I take the high road. I I strive to be fully aware of the mm-hmm. situation. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I strive to expand comfort zones so that you can grow, me, you, and everybody. Um, be transparent. I got nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. And then hold the space of love. Mm-hmm. So, or, or is the space being, is, is love holding the space or whatever? Like that's the filter. That's that's the filter I live my life through rather than the filters I used to have before, which I don't even remember anymore <laughs> what they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, and then um, after then is uh, four other areas. One is uh, describing uh, your wealth. The section is called My Wealth. So it's like your most outlandish financial goals and aspirations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not talking about how finances are for you now. Mm-hmm. No, what would be finances when you're at your best, at your most expansive, your highest aspirations around finances? Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So you want to create that for yourself. It doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be possible. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. everything on this list that I'm telling you mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be possible. So creating mm-hmm. lasting world peace. I don't really know if that's possible in mm-hmm. one lifetime. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but it's like my goal, you know, this, this is my mission and purpose, you know, so, right. So like, you know, if you say, you know, you have $3 trillion, I don't know if that's possible in this world, 
with the competition mm-hmm. of the guys that are billionaires, I don't know if being a trillionaire is feasible, you know, but if you put it down, but yeah, that's your that's your vision. That's what's pulling you in the direction of, you know. As they say, you know, you try to reach the stars, you know, uh, you might just land on the moon, but look where how far you landed, you know. So it's kind of like that. Create your highest aspirations for wealth. Then do the same for family, your family life. Then do the same for your home life. Like what's your house look like? What's the experience of being in the house? Who's in the house with you? You know, like all of that. So, you know, you've got a, the super mansion, you know, with 55 rooms and, you know, you got an uh, elevator to take you to every room if you want or whatever. I don't care. I mean, you, you get to say, you know what I mean? Um, you know, inside the house looks like, you know, um, uh, the, 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 what do you call it? The pyramids in Egypt or something. I don't know, whatever. Right? You get a chance to say what your home life looks like, not just physically, but the experience of being home. You know, so for myself, you know, being home, you know, my, the highest experience of being, for me being home is it's my favorite place to be. I don't care mm-hmm. wherever else I'm at. My home is more fun, more enjoyable than to be anywhere else. I don't care. One of my, um, <laughs> uh, on my bucket list is to have a um, season tickets, um, skybox, season season skybox tickets at Madison Square Garden for the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. When I first found out about him, it was a quarter million dollars for the season. It's probably a million and a half now knowing the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I want. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but, like, that's on my bucket list. I'm clear that, you know, that's one of the things I would want. And so, but even even that, I want my house to be more fun than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So home life. Yeah. And then, and then um, the last piece is anything else that you would want to put down that, that you didn't have or there's no space for is called my intended outcomes. So who you become as a result of fulfilling your personal life charter, you know, so your life focus, uh, your, your finances, you know, um, um, all of the things that you've already created, who you become as a result of those things fulfilling, becoming real, what you're committed to experiencing, and uh, what I also put down as the full measure of the music inside you, within you. You know, there's a term, you know, you don't want to die with your music in you. Yeah. So this intended outcomes is kind of like a bucket list, you know, slash, you know, vision for the future, anything that that, that, that comes to your mind that's not on this list. So one of my things is, you know, if I'm if I'm making a difference so big that they won't be able to forget me for at least a thousand years, then that mm-hmm. probably means I've probably met a couple of presidents, shaking a couple of presidents' hands on television, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is one of the things you know like I would do, um, um, you know, some goals that I would have uh, in various ways, you know, live to be 150 years old. Right now, that don't look like it's possible, but that's you know one of my intended outcomes, you know. So mm-hmm. you get a chance to write down, you know, what your bucket list and what your perfect life looks like and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's the personal life charter. Got it. Yeah, so it's going to take some brain power for sure to be able to mm-hmm. uh, make this happen. But um, Yeah. Uh, but this is what you want to do. So now, once you have put this together, Mm-hmm. Then the next thing to happen is um, when you 
get your partner, when you get a partner, and you're all mm-hmm. on the same page more or less, mm-hmm. um, then what you would do is um, create, co-create, because he do the same thing. And then what you would do is you would co-create your relationship charter. So I'll go through this really quickly because I don't have to quite explain it the same it, to the same degree I just explained the personal life charter. So, mm-hmm. um, so rather than starting from the top, rather than who I am, you create who we are as a couple. Mm-hmm. So what you look at is, you know, the principles you said you said you empowerment and what was the other two? Empowering leadership and love. Great. Love. And this is what I really created in the advanced course. And I yes. have always been empowerment and leadership, but I was empowerment yes. leadership and fear. People feared me and I created that fear. I wanted people mm. to fear me because I was fearful of them. And, mm. um, and when I created love, it was, it was very much out of my comfort zone back then. Uh, now mm. it's natural and now it just fits and it's just so flowy and nice. And so now it's not a, not a problem at all. And that's, yeah. just, that's what it is. All right, awesome, awesome. So, yeah, I'm totally enrolled in that. So, and your partner will find out who he is, identify who he is, and then you would come together and say, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe, maybe you know, you'll have, both of you have love there, so, you know, love would be a part of it, and maybe both of, it, both of y'all have empowerment, you know, but, you know, you know, you've got leadership and he's got, you know, support. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. So you would look at, you'd look at the who you are and then say, okay, when we look at who we are between you, me, and the space in between, call a relationship. Who? What is our relationship? Like, who are we as a as a couple? Right. So that's okay. Then you would look at your mission and his mission. He'd look at his mission, and then you would create a a mission that um, meets the mission desires for both of you. You know, so you create a co a co a collaborative mission. You know, it could be, you know, it most likely it's going to be around your highest aspiration for your relationship. So, you know, most likely it's going to be some form of making a difference together, um, and that's who you all be as a couple, who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and then your mission and your purpose, you know what I mean? So you'll take the both of them and you'll look at it and you'll discuss it and you'll be like, you know, hey, this is who we are collectively as opposed to individually. And you still get a chance to see who you are individually, and you get a chance to experience each other um, individually and also the space in between called the relationship. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this is so important is this. You always come together as a relationship because you have your thoughts, desires, skill sets. He's going to have his thoughts, desires, and skill sets. Always, his is going to be different from everybody else's. And the combination of the two, the space in between, is always going to be unique. So this as you experience consciously being together uniquely. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so you're going to look at, you know, who we are, what's our mission, what's our purpose for this mission, um, the principles that, you, that guide your marriage, that guide your relationship, um, you know, what's the filter that you want to use um, you know, you, when you say your focus, what's our focus as a couple, as a relationship? Mm-hmm. Um, then um, you're going to – then with, this is where it gets different. Um, you want to create a vivid description of the relationship. What I mean by a vivid description is you want to talk about – you want to describe 
What's it like being in your relationship with each other? You know, what's your highest experience looks like? You know, what's it feel like? So, like, you know, I come home and and house is peaceful but still vibrant. I, I can't wait to see you in the morning. You know, um, um, I'll hold your hand or whatever. You know, you could use some version of, you know, wedding vows or, you know, a story, you know, <laughs> you're writing, you know, a page of a love song or whatever. But you want to, like, visually write down, tangibly write down what's it like being in a relationship with each other. Um, and you want to co-create it. You know, you add, you say what you want, he says what he wants, you say what you love, he says what he loves, like that. And you come together and co-create it, um, you know, your the, the, how it is. So a lot of times people have a checklist for what they're looking for in a partner. What I found that's more useful than that is to look at what's the experience of being in the relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, so like being with somebody that empowers me, you know, being with somebody that's loving, you know, being with somebody that wants to make a difference. You know, when mm-hmm. I meet her, you know, when I'm when I'm with her, you know, she can see right through me, but she loves what she sees. You know, so you, you want to look at like what's the real experience that you're looking to have in your in your relationship with each other. And so you want to share mm-hmm. yours, he shares his, and then you put it together somehow. Because mm-hmm. we all have it, we just don't have verbalize it. Even people that's been married forty years, they probably never put the words to it, but they're experiencing it. They just couldn't tell you right. that that's what they was experiencing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you want to create a vivid description of what your relationship looks like and what the experience of being in. Then you want to create your in, your collect, collective intended outcomes, which is your collective butter of um, um, what do you call um bucket list, you know, what you want to do together as a bucket, you know, your bucket list, your, your things of, you know, I really wish, and these are like aspirations. These are like visions for you to move towards. Um, and then um, after then, what promises are you making to your partner? You know, so I promise to be true. I promise to love you. I promise to mm-hmm. let you lose your mind and I won't, I won't make you wrong. Uh, I promise to hold us together even when you can't, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like, you want to create your promises. I mean, you know, it could be like the, the form of wedding vows even. You know, how will you treat your partner? How will you see them? How will you listen? How will you interact with each other? Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, after then, you would write who I am for you and who you are for me. Mm-hmm. And he would do the same. You don't combine mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hold on a second. Hold on, oh, boy. Okay, so, um, yeah, so you're going to write down who you are for me and who I and who he is for you, and he's going to do the same. And then um, if you want, you can make promises, like uh, the promises I'm making to my partner or the promises my partner's make to me. 
And then um, after then, if you have any any remarks, anything that you want to say that, you know, just comes naturally to you, feel free to put that in. And that would be your relationship charter. So now, you know, you got this recording and, you know, you'll be able to listen to it, especially when the time you get a, a relationship partner and you decide you want to do this. But I would not do it in the first three months because you want to make sure that this person actually wants to, um, you know, is actually somebody worth playing with, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, okay, great. So um, that's uh, that's the session. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, anything I you really, want to say I about? Really, I really want to do the homework. <laughs> I really want to do the homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because it'll also. Um, well, uh, y'all got the y'all y'all got the team class on uh, the team meeting tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's probably going to be choosing people tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to complete this, but, you know, you remember who you are, which is um, love, empowerment, and leadership. Yeah. Yeah, remember that. No wonder you can leadership, hear me because, you know. Yeah. Leadership, yeah. empowerment, and love. That's exactly yep. who I am. And yep. I will stand there as a team one team leader tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, and you know, the team leader is supposed to be someone who makes the rest of the team better. Mm-hmm. You know, your and empowerment context and, and, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's my goal. To you, you know, you said um, you said leave people better than you found them, and my yes. goal is to empower people, just empower them to do whatever yes. they want to do. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So. All right, so you got any uh, last comments or questions you want to make before we uh, end this session? No, I'm very excited to do the homework, and thank you for uh, empowering me in the context of tomorrow's classroom. Yes, awesome. Yeah, what I want to really iterate is that you're going to have breakdowns in your relationship, mm-hmm. but you got to treat it like you got to treat it with <clears throat> empty and meaningless. Mm. If you don't take it to empty and meaningless, then you'd like likelihood you're going to experience between two and four uh, problems in two of two or to four areas of the relationship. At least two. You're at least going to be break emotional and you know the baby's in trouble and the business is in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then um, you know the the, the 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 gender differences will mess up the communication. You know, and then, um, yeah, so you got to know who you are in order for you to be able to be with, you know, um, uh, uh, be in the relationship powerfully and then not get thrown off, not get twisted around by um, by breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Breakdowns are not as, breakdowns is not as bad as they, ex- people experience them to be, but people experience them as bad because they don't anticipate like they put they bring more to a breakdown than than it should be, and so when people mm-hmm. get disappointed, it just their disappointment just gets all over the relationship, and the disappointment their their interpretation of the breakdown it does more than the breakdown so there's more damage than the breakdown possibly could so you know and you your relationship was full of breakdowns. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they're not knowing what to do about it. 
you know, because you think he's supposed to deal with the breakdown, but then there's the gender differences issue. Then there's, and there's the emotional response issues, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, breakdowns make the relationship a lot more complicated than they need to be when you don't understand the nature of breakdowns and how to deal with them. But when you mm-hmm. do, then life gets a lot more simple and relationships gets a lot more simple. This is the most complicated part. It's not the mm-hmm. hardest part. It's just the most is like the most moving parts part. So uh, so that's all I got. I'm done. Awesome. That was great, Tony. Thank you so much. What My is the last pleasure. question about? Uh, what to do when you don't have any, when you handle all of these problems? What, what's left? Nothing's left. Well, there's a little bit left. But okay, what's, left, what's left is joy. Mm-hmm. Like a real form of joy, like an amazing experience of joy. That mm-hmm. last session, I usually I'm usually ready to cry. The last session, mm. because it's so juicy and delicious, and it's it's fairly short. Ain't a whole mm-hmm. lot to talk about. Because mm-hmm. once you understand how to handle relationships, there ain't much to talk about after that. It just it just ain't you know. Then you gotta go out then. <laughs> Well, you don't have to go out because what will happen is you just learn how to manage being with your favorite person in your favorite places, mm-hmm. um, doing your favorite things. Got it. Yes, that's, that's all that's left once you know how to handle these other stuff I talked about. But, you know, you'll get a chance to see how that all ties in together. Because mm. there's a process for that way, and I'll teach you. Okay. So. Very awesome. good. Yes. All right. So I'm complete. I am complete as well. Thank you All so right, much, Tony. Have a, have a great night. Yes, you too. Thank you. Later. Everybody, team one leader. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.